Sometimes going to the grocery store can be chaotic. There doesn't seem to be enough time to check the list, make sure everything is there, search for the best prices, and take the time to make sure you get the best quality meat. So let ButcherBox help you out. Giving you peace of mind, ButcherBox delivers high-quality meat and seafood that you can trust straight to your door. No grocery carts required. Humanely raised, no antibiotics or hormones, 100% grass-fed, free-range, and crate-free, what more can you ask for? What about free shipping, customized box plans, exclusive member deals, recipe inspirations, tips, and tricks? You really can't go wrong with ButcherBox. Sign up at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and get our special deal. ButcherBox is offering our listeners a free for a year offer plus an additional $20 off. Choose salmon, chicken breasts, or steak tips free in every order for a year. Sign up today at butcherbox.com slash morning cup and use code morning cup to choose your free for a year offer plus get $20 off your first order. In the 1970s and 80s, a monster hunted the Connecticut River Valley. Seven bodies found, one survivor, and no suspects. I'm Jane Borowski, host of Invisible Tears. I was seven months pregnant and stabbed 27 times, and I survived. My story didn't end that frightful night. This attack on me physically and mentally lingered for years. I'm Amanda Bedard, and I'm Jane's life coach and co-host of Invisible Tears. Jane is ready to share her story, and not just about her attack, but her healing process afterwards. As a platform for truth and healing, we are on a mission to help others that suffer from PTSD and help bring awareness to mental health issues. To hear my story and others, you can find Invisible Tears wherever you listen to your favorite podcast. There were two more murders 15 miles well, away. Arrived, the found the the telephone and electricity line described by one investigator as reminiscent of a weird religion. Murder. There are some people who are bad from the jump. On April 21st, 1947, a man was born who would, unsurprisingly, considering his lifestyle from an early age, commit heinous crimes against young children. So, if you like your coffee hot but your bones chilled, sit back and start your day with a morning cup of murder. Robert Black, born April 21, 1947, in Stirlingshire, was an illegitimate child who never knew his father. His mother placed him up for adoption, but after no one chose him, he was sent to live with a foster family in Kinloch Laven at just six months old. From an early age, Robert showed signs of being an odd child. He kept to himself, often through tantrums and vandalized school property, was a subject of childhood bullying, and rebelled against his cleanly mother with poor hygiene. When he was just five years old, he and a female acquaintance compared genitalia, and this triggered a belief within Robert that he should have been born female. This also triggered an obsession with female genitalia and body orifices, and by eight, he was regularly inserting objects into his anus. This lasted for the rest of his life. 
Sexual fetishes and curiosity aside, it was common for Robert to be seen with bruises covering his body, and like most victims of abuse, he was a chronic bedwetter, an offense that sent his foster mother into a violent rage. By 1958, both of his foster parents were dead, and he was sent to live with another family. It was around the same time that he committed his first known sexual assault when he dragged a young girl into a public bathroom and forcibly fondled her. His mother reported it and demanded he be removed from her home. He was then sent to a children's home where he regularly exposed himself to the female residents. He was then moved to an extremely strict all-male facility. And, as if his life wasn't turbulent enough, he was sexually abused by the male staff member. This carried on for three years. As his life carried on, he was shuttled from facility to facility, all while continuing to assault young girls who were too scared to report their abuse. It wasn't until the summer of 1963 when Robert abducted a seven-year-old girl, choked her, and masturbated over her unconscious body that he was finally arrested and charged with his crimes. But a psychologist suggested that this was an isolated incident and he was released. On multiple occasions, Robert lodged in a home with a young girl. It wouldn't be long before he was evicted after they discovered he was molesting the child. One of these incidents earned him his first prison sentence when he was charged with three counts of indecent assault against a child. He served a year in a rehabilitation center. When released in 1968, he moved to London and began his extensive collection of child pornography, even fancying himself a photographer and secretly capturing children, mostly girls between 8 and 12, in public locations. In 1976, he landed himself a job as a van driver for Poster, Dispatch, and Storage LTD. This required him to drive a large white van all along the UK, Ireland, and continental Europe. This job would prove to be the perfect cover and provide an extensive hunting ground for the child molester who was about to become a murderer. Robert Black's first confirmed murder was that of nine-year-old Jennifer Cardi, who was abducted, sexually assaulted, and murdered on August 12, 1981. After a search of 200 volunteers yielded nothing more than her abandoned bike, Six days later, the body of the young girl was found in a reservoir 16 miles from her home. Autopsy showed that she died from drowning that was accompanied by strangulation. The road near where her body was found was one frequented by long-distance drivers, drivers like Robert Black. Next to disappear was 11-year-old Susan Claire Maxwell on July 30, 1982. Another search was mounted, this time with 300 members and search dogs, and Susan's body was found by a lorry driver on August 12th. She was bound, gagged, and had her underwear removed and placed under her head. She, like Jennifer, had been sexually assaulted and murdered shortly after her abduction. This timeline meant that Robert likely drove around with the bodies of these young girls in the back of his van as he made his deliveries, abandoning them days later. On July 8, 1983, five-year-old Caroline Hogg disappeared while playing outside of her Edinburgh home. This search, which had about 2,000 local volunteers and 50 members of the Royal Scots Fusiliers, became the largest search in Scottish history. Her naked body was found on July 18, 310 miles from where she was abducted. At this point, the murder of Carolyn Hogg and Susan Maxwell were connected 
and determined to likely have been perpetrated by the same man. The distance also made it clear that the killer was likely a driver or a sales representative. They used this information and the schedule determined by the abduction and the murder dates and contacted numerous transport firms about their drivers. Nothing new came from this. Something that did happen that would later prove to be extremely useful was the implementation of the Holmes Information Technology System. This allowed the 500,000 index cards worth of investigative information to be put into a computer system and shared with police forces nationwide. This helped to cross-check all evidence, like witness statements placing a white van at the site of the abductions, and made connecting the crimes of Robert Black possible. Unfortunately, investigators narrowed the search to only those with convictions for serious sexual offenses against children within 10 years of Susan's 1982 murder. Robert Black's sole conviction was in 1967, therefore leaving him outside of the search parameters and able to remain active. On March 26, 1986, 10-year-old Sarah Jane Harper disappeared in Leeds and was found on April 19, 71 miles away. On April 23, 1988, he attempted to abduct a teenage girl in Nottingham. Teresa Thornhill, who was a little bit older than his normal victims, fought this man with all of her might and was eventually saved after her screaming sent her boyfriend to her aid. However, this was not deemed to be linked to the murders and remained unreported to the task force. Thankfully, it would be another unsuccessful abduction that would finally put this dangerous man behind bars. On July 14, 1990, a 53-year-old retiree was mowing his lawn when he saw a blue transit van abduct the six-year-old daughter of his neighbor. He called the police immediately and, as the van drove by, sent police on a chase that ended in his arrest and the girl's safe return. She had, unfortunately, been sexually assaulted and bound in the back of the van as Robert made his deliveries before his plans to murder her. Robert Black was charged with her abduction and, over the years, murder, kidnapping, and assault charges began to pile up. By the end, there was no chance this man was ever going to leave prison. In July of 1995, two inmates got jailhouse justice when they threw boiling water mixed with sugar on Robert Black before bludgeoning and stabbing him. And though he was somehow able to survive this attack, he died from a heart attack on July 12, 2016. Thank you for joining me in my morning cup of murder. Please join me again tomorrow to hear what terrible thing happened on April 22nd. Don't forget to rate and subscribe and let me know how you like it. If you want to help support the podcast, there's always Patreon or just sharing it with your true crime obsessed friends. And remember, stay safe. Thank you for listening to Morning Cup of Murder. This is a daily podcast that tells you what happened on this day in true crime history. In short, easy to listen to episodes that you can finish on your commute or while you enjoy your morning coffee. So make sure you check back every morning. My name is Karina. I am the creator and host. You can find Morning Cup of Murder on Twitter, Instagram, and Facebook. I have also set up a Patreon where you can donate a small monthly contribution to the podcast. All those links are in the episode description. Thank you again and have a wonderful day.